Uh, the book tells the story of the triple trawler disaster of 1968 and the subsequent fish wives uprising that followed for better safety at sea. And these truly were revolutionaries. They achieved more in six weeks than politicians and trade unionists did in a century. And the three ships that, that perished were the St Romanus, the Kingston Peridot and the Ross Cleveland. The St Romanus and the Kingston Peridot left on the same day, January the 10th. Uh, the Kingston Peridot should have left the day before, but it had engine trouble. This little episode from Chapter 2 shows what happened, why the ship sailed late, but it also outlines the thread of superstition that runs through that community. Um, where, for example, women didn't do washing on the day their men left because they would be deemed to be washing my way. Chapter 2 from the Headscarf Revolutionaries. A pile of laundry in her kitchen belied Margaret Wilson's reputation for being house-proud. It stood out in her shiny suburban West Hall home. The rest of the place was as neat as ninepence. Margaret had good reason for leaving the washing where it lay. Her husband Ray, a trawler skipper, had left for Icelandic fishing grounds several hours previously on the high water in the early hours. The trollerman's wife would not touch any laundry that day lest she wash her man away. Her domestic pride was outstripped by her superstition, a trait common among fishermen's wives. She knew it was daft, but she never tempted fate. Margaret had enough on her plate without the laundry, Her two older children, Karen, seven, and Deborah, five, were at school, but she still had two at home, Catherine, four, and Andrew, who was just one. Catherine had measles and was missing her daddy more than usual. She had been extra clingy. The night before, the little girl asked her daddy, please don't go away. The child's plaintive plea struck at the trollerman's heart. I've got to go, sweetheart. It's my work. Ray had been out of a ship for a few weeks, so when the command offer came from Hellier's office in the city, he found it hard to refuse. Margaret set about her housework, but could not help but think how Ray seemed out of sorts since that call came. The day before he left, Ray went to visit his ailing mother, who was bedbound. She had been ill for some time. After that, he conscientiously went to each of his brothers and took them for a pint. He rarely visited them all at once, especially not all in one day. Margaret thought that unusual, and even briefly thought that maybe he had a feeling something was not quite right, but that thought left as quickly as it came. She didn't say anything to Ray. She did not want to worry him unduly. He was also concerned for little Catherine, whose measles had now spread from her head to her toes. Normally, Ray was a happy-go-lucky guy, rarely without a smile. He was well known in the community as the Joker ashore. The night before a trip, was usually a party, along with his pal, Pete Whiff-Smith. The wives and friends were treated to a great night that usually ended in the St Andrews Social Club, with Ray and his best mate Whiff, who was also the mate on his ship, giving their famous, well, famous among their families, rendition of Save the Last Dance for Me by the Drifters. It was the pal's favourite song, and what the singing skipper and mate lacked in talent, they made up for in enthusiasm. Often, after the club closed, there would be a further do at Ray's house. Especially now he had built a bar in the downstairs lounge of his new home. The Wilsons had only been there a little over a year. They bought it 
when Ray made Skipper. Home before that was in a sham four in Edinburgh Street off Hazel Road. Local slang for a small two up, two down. Their new place was off the Hazel High Road, the posh part of town, favoured by skippers and trawler officers. Two miles in distance, but a million miles in difference. Margaret got on with her work, as she always did. She could not afford to dwell on anything else. Ray was gone. She could not afford to be preoccupied. She fitted the housework round dealing with little Catherine and baby Andrew. By mid-morning, Margaret was very busy. Something caught her peripheral vision, and she looked up at the back door. Through its glass panel, she saw a familiar silhouette. It was Ray. What are you doing here? With his usual beaming wide smile, he replied, Engine trouble. They've sent us home for the night. Bet you didn't think you'd see me again, did you?